but we were leaving the wedding because we had like so much fun and uh, we were like walking to the car and it's like drizzling and I put like my suit jacket around her and we're walking and she's like you know if there was any if there was any moment that would be perfect for you to propose it'd be right now and I, I didn't have the ring on me because I didn't plan on proposing after a wedding yeah and I was like <sighs> I'll be right back. I've made coffee. I'm gonna grab that coffee. Yes, please. I wish I was there to get coffee <laughs> from you. Welcome back to the Christ and Culture. This is Steve. And this is Gordon. And today we are joined by a special guest. Uh, Phil Koslowski, is that is that correct? Is that how you say it right? Yep, perfect. Okay, and he works with, I'm not sure, you can let us know kind of like how it came to be, but Voyage Comics and Publishing. So yeah, just before we kind of jump into that though, tell us about like who you are. Yeah, so my name, Phil Koslowski, I live in central Wisconsin, and I had worked for about six years in in Paris ministry in a adult faith formation program. And then about that time, I uh, got a master's in theology through the Augustine Institute. And kind of through that, I felt kind of a call to kind of consider my own gifts and talents and how I can better, um, you know, the gospel and the... And so initially, I began writing primarily spirituality articles through a website known as uh, Alatea, and I've been writing for them for the past three years, and then in the past year or so, um, I kind of am branching out and started exploring the world of comic books, and started to write comic books, and then kind of founded my own company called Voyage Comics and Publishing. And in the past year, we've uh, published at least one comic book called Finning in the Seven Mountains. And then in the next couple of months, we have a few that will be published. One of them is going to be a kind of a continuation in that series. And then another okay. one is based on the life of St. Joan of Arc. And Kind of my goal is to create comic books and stories that are entertaining, uh, but also inspiring. So, you know, something that a wide variety of people can can pick up and enjoy that's kind of rooted in the Catholic faith, but yeah. ne- not necessarily, I guess, like a sermon or a homily. Kind of. Right. I didn't realize that you worked, said Alatea, I just think I pulled that up. So how did you get into, like, writing? Because I know on Voyage Comics you guys have like a blog aspect too, that seems until I think a few things probably come out um, to be the most active um, aside from the Finian comics. So how'd you get into like, yeah, writing blogs and stuff? Sure. Well, I mean, for several years, I kind of started my own personal blog and it was more or less the fruit of uh, kind of discerning in my own life, kind of my, my gifts and talents. And, and so I started just blogging mainly about, you know, prayer and spirituality on my own website. And then through that um, and sharing it on media, you know, I was initially, I guess I got 
was contacted by the National Catholic Register, and I started blogging them for a little bit. And then kind of as uh, my other articles were being shared, then I was contacted by Alatea and uh, and then started writing for them more or less full-time uh, for the past three years. Okay. So, yeah, so, I mean, it's been... I've been writing for maybe five or six years, and then, yeah, for Alatea mainly for the past three years. Gotcha. And then you said uh, you started to get into comics. Did By that, did you mean, like, reading them? No, I just, I was just, you know, kind of one of the always kind of the main, like, dreams of a writer is to kind of, like, write a, a good novel or something. Right. And it's kind of funny. I You know, I, I tried it to start writing kind of like, you know, short stories and, and kind of a fictional story. And, and it, it really just didn't work. I just, I, I realized it just wasn't, I wasn't good at it, to be honest, <laughs> which is kind of funny. But anyway, and then I just kind of, you know, I kind of had this inspiration to like, for me, I, I you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very visual and I love art and, and artistic expression. And I think you can communicate a lot through, through artwork. And so, I was just kind of, you know, thinking and praying about this, and then I just kind of thought, well, maybe, you know, I think comic books would be a great way to to present a, an entertaining story to kind of evangelize the faith. And so I kind of, you know, just started. You know, I, I kind of, I began, you know, kind of research a little bit because I, you know, I mean, I've been familiar with comics throughout my life, but I've, you know, I've never really looked into like how you how it actually is produced. Yeah. Uh, so I started that, and and really, I guess I could see you know God's providence through it because shortly after I kind of announced my intention on my blog, I was contacted by one of my readers who who knew an artist who had been doing artwork for Marvel and DC Comics for the past thirty years. Wow! You know, and then I was also contacted by separately by a, another artist who had been with. He'd been an animator with uh, with with Disney, and and so you know that kind of was a confirmation for me that I was kind of moving in the right direction. And kind of through those contacts, you know, then I've been in touch with other very talented artists and and other writers who have kind of helped me kind of perfect comic book writing. And and I've you know found that it's it's something that I'm I'm actually I'm actually good at, and it actually comes pretty easily. So. That's incredible. Steve, just interject if you have any questions. I'm going to keep going. Yeah, but, yeah I know. Great. Um, what, what was it? Oh, have you noticed? Maybe not, but like I'm thinking, one, as a writer, if like that's something people knew you were going to do, like kind of going from short stories or something to comic books, maybe there's there was some like maybe some like backlash there. I don't know. Some people, like, some people view comics and they're like, one time... I had like an ex when I started really getting into comics who thought that was like it was like childish and I should like read more of other books. Um but also I'm thinking like you know there was that phase like but I don't think back in like the 60s or something where people thought like comic books were violent and then they had like that ban uh same with like D&D &D and stuff and so it's like trying to use that as like an evangelization approach. Have you noticed any like issues kind of starting this process up? Is I guess what I'm asking if that makes um, sense? Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, comic books are definitely not something that is on the radar of most Christians or most Catholics, and definitely not 
for Catholic publishers, you know, and, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of viewed in kind of a, a lesser format. If you, you know, something that's, that's popular kind of like, uh, I don't know, kind of like a trend. And so it's not, you know, it doesn't have that association, that kind of enduring association that like novels have. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for the most part, I guess what's been helping really, and is that because of these, comic book movies that have been so successful and popular that that's kind of changing, I guess, people's views of that's true of comic books. And, you know, I have families, uh, a lot of parents who, you know, their children, you know, that's, they really love comic books. And so, so yeah, I mean, what I find is this is kind of a healthy alternative, you know, something that you can give your kids that's not uh, offensive because I've, I've also, you know, the comic book world is, is pretty big, but, and most of it is, um, you know, the artwork is, is very, very bad. And <laughs> in a sense of, uh, like it's, it's the artwork is done well, but it's, it's, you know, morally bad. Um, and, uh, and just, you know, because it's a product of the culture, you know, it pulls what's in the culture. And that's been, problematic in recent years just how you know kind of all the major companies are are trying to move along with that with those right. trends right um, yeah yeah i think it's interesting too you know you talk about like in the 60s people would mention how violent i guess comics were but they've definitely gotten i feel a lot more graphic uh is kind of i think what you're getting at phil yeah um, in recent years and i think that that's just kind of in an attempt to market toward people that aren't just aren't just kids and you kind of see that a little bit obviously like with all of the marvel movies and everything that that's kind of becoming more popular in the overarching culture Uh, so i think it's i think it's a good thing um that you're presenting sort of an alternative to that and so yeah that's just my small take i also like that you like as far as this approach you're not wanting to like just create it you want like good value in like the illustration and the writing and so like you because you're like well i've seen this one and no offense like i I appreciate it but it's it's like that's not kind of good and so it's like really really cool too yeah tell can you explain i don't want you like obviously spoil anything that's coming out but could you explain kind of the finian story that's out right now sure yeah so the so the the first story that I developed is called Finian and the Seven Sons, and um, it was kind of born after watching uh, Star Wars The Force Awakens. Nice. And essentially, kind of that final scene, and then along with, you know, the Jedi, they're on this island, and I was I was fascinated by it because it's it's a real island off the coast of Ireland. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and it just has all those just, I don't know, qualities of... Um, you know, kind of like a, an innate spirituality to it, but then just kind of this ancient feel to it. And and so I kind of took that and then decided to go and look at the monks who lived there. So they, you know, they lived on that island for a couple hundred years. And, and then kind of connected to this island, there's kind of this legend of, it's called the Sword of St. Michael. And basically there's all these monasteries that are located on these islands or mountains they start 
off the coast of Ireland and then they end in Jerusalem and there's just like it's like this perfect line and so I, I just kind of saw this as just kind of a I don't know perfect opportunity to kind of explore this legend and to kind of to bring it to life in a in a fun and, and entertaining way um, and so and so the first of the series you know begin on that first island and then, um, and basically the you know each issue after that kind of follows follows that line and the adventures that they have along the way that's awesome okay do you think before so what this podcast is it's called the Christ in culture and we tight we usually talk about Maybe, like, it's a Marvel movie. Maybe, like, we've done The Shape of Water. Uh, maybe it's a song. And we just take, like, kind of secular media and pull out, like, Christian themes kind of that's found in it. And so I was wondering if, like, before kind of, like, Voyage Comics was, like, really a thing, maybe it was still an idea. Did you, do you, did you think there was, like, Christian themes in some of the other comic books that you read? Uh, certainly. Um, yeah, I mean, throughout... Um you know any any type of superhero story um right. yeah. yeah it's you know there there's so many of them but you know really they're based on this um kind of this human desire well in in one sense like a messiah like will save us um that just seems kind of a like in a human need um and you know one way that's expressed yeah is these superheroes who they you know they save earth from all these calamities and uh you know many of them they sacrifice their lives and so you know a lot of these superheroes are are kind of images of of jesus christ and you know depending on the superhero you can see that better expressed or uh than others right but yeah i mean that's Definitely kind of a, you know, just a, a common thing that runs throughout. And, and then also just, you know, the need for for heroes to look up to. Um, and, yeah, I mean, in, in a lot of ways, you know, superheroes, they have, they're very similar to, to Catholic saints, just from the fact that, you know, these people, you know, a, a lot of superheroes, um, well, kind of depend. Well, I guess both in Marvel and DC, they're superheroes who are, you know, you know, ordinary people, you know, I guess right. Spider-Man is probably the most common example of just an ordinary teenager who, you know, is transformed into um, something else, but then he uses that power. And, uh, yeah, and so Catholic Saints are very similar in that respect where they, they you know, started out very ordinary, um, but then we were just, you know, given extraordinary graces by God and were able to really gifts, you know, uh, greater good of, of humanity yeah as uh because i know you said I, I saw that you also have like a kickstarter for it with the the, the joan of arc one coming out is are saints a possibility for like something you don't focus on or like i guess what's other ideas you have like for this because right now i kind of saw some of the artwork for the uh, joan of arc and i was checking that out and then the finian it seems very like tolkien style storytelling and like place more well, i guess joan of arc's more later on but yeah would, would you have i don't know like space future type ideas too or what or is it just like whatever comes okay. along yeah i mean yeah i've definitely the, the you know these first two series are definitely more 
know, it's a mix of, of history and fantasy. And, yeah, I mean, a, a big influence for me is, is certainly certainly Tolkien and, and his uh, his use of storytelling. But, yeah, I mean, in, in the future, I definitely I do want to kind of branch out and, you know, look at, you know, creating different things that are use, even using different in comic books, like, you know, developing, you know, possibly developing new superheroes or, or yeah, or even like a, okay, that'd be cool. a space adventure of some kind. But yeah, I mean, the trouble is for those types of things, you have to think of something that's unique and that's good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause yeah, I, I just, one thing I always try to, uh, you know, I, what I hope for is to create quality stories that, that aren't just kind of vehicles to get across a certain message, but that are just, just good stories that you can enjoy. That makes sense. Yeah. Is this like something you're doing full time? Um, I mean, are you pouring everything into this or is there? <laughs> well, I mean, it's one of those side projects that, you know, I spend a good deal amount of time on it, but mm. you know, I've been lucky enough to, to have a, to be in contact with some very talented artists. And, and so, yeah, so I mean it's been it's been uh, it's been good. You know, I've I can only move so fast at this point, but yeah, I mean I'm hoping in the next few months that yeah, I mean there's there's some things behind that that hopefully will move it along a little bit faster. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. I mean I I don't know the process, but I imagine it's a like tedious one one thing i appreciate about comic books over kind of like novels and things is like the mini i mean i know there's many hands that go into a novel but sometimes it could be like a writer and then a publisher whereas you have like an illustrator and maybe a writer maybe like you know and there's the storyboards and yeah i just appreciate like the, that process um a, a lot so that's really cool and like the fact because i read i prefer dc over marvel but the fact that like there's like famous illustrators and famous like creators and writers and you can just get famous on like your illustrations and mm -hmm. that's and that's incredible okay so let's do i'll do like a, a kind of a, a turn a little bit segueing into like i just talked about dc what let's just go into comic books real quick what comic books do you like what's your favorite superheroes fun stuff like that <laughs> yeah yeah no i mean i i guess you know, growing up, I, uh, you know, I, I definitely was more attracted to, to many of the more Marvel characters. I mean, I, I really enjoyed the, the X-Men were, were probably a, a big, um, mm. I don't know, I, I, I guess I liked the concept. And, you know, probably what's 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 um, detractive about the X-Men is, is when you're reading it as a kid, you know, a lot of these superheroes are, you know, kind of teenagers um, starting in this, you know, school for the gifted. Um, right. And then in the same way, yeah, kind of Spider-Man is kind of another, another one that, that I've enjoyed. And yeah, I mean, I think uh, as I've read more with, you know, about Captain America is probably one of the superheroes I've enjoyed. And, and I, I like, portrayed him in the in all the movies they've done recently um just this kind of this man out of time that kind of stands for these you know, traditional values that have kind of gone by the wayside in, in, in modern society <laughs> yeah uh you brought up x-men and that um i was thinking about 
how you mentioned earlier, like comic books being kind of a good metaphor, as you, I guess, but like a way to like look at the saints and just like ordinary people. And I, I was, the one thing I always loved about X Men was like the fact that they're so outcasted, opposed to like other superheroes who like people are like, yeah, get the get get Spider Man, like put put the bat symbol on the the X the mutant gene was looked down upon and people did not like the X-Men throughout that comic that like that comics and yet still the X-Men fought to save like humanity and these people that are themselves as well as the people that didn't want them to, to exist. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's true. I mean, it's, it's very true in terms of, yeah, just thinking about, uh, the saints and especially the martyrs who you know mm. well you know they were persecuted throughout you know christians being persecuted throughout history but yet you know these saints loved humanity and wanted to you know to save it from its heirs but then the rest of society just didn't just, just does, does not understand and uh ends up yeah i mean similar yeah similar to the x-men how they you know they are being they kind of in a certain sense to save humanity, but then are also you know, errat- you know, slowly eradicated or trying to be eradicated by, uh, by other people. Yeah, right. Well, and that's something that I think that comics tend to be sort of a lot of modern-day myth, a lot of modern-day mythos. Um, and so one of the things I think is interesting with comics, and, and kind of to, to segue a little bit, um, and you kind of see it, like especially in Infinity War and Endgame, is the way they kind of handle their villains are a way that can really show um, evil or handle sort of a sort of evil mindset in a villain, especially now, like modern days, where it's not just I'm bad because I'm bad, but they have this, their own backstory in a way that kind of does something that in old myths kind of forewarned you against certain things. You kind of see that, uh, I think, in modern stories and especially comics uh for instance you know the idea we mentioned in infinity war with consequentialism this whole idea of uh the ends justify the means or sort of this utilitarian idea and one of the things that i thought was interesting in endgame is that you know a lot of people after infinity war they kind of were like well you know was thanos really that bad and then you see in endgame uh where he's just like all right well, we'll just wipe everyone out and I think that's sort of the natural end of consequentialism. You know, when you justify murder in some cases, then it it sort of leads itself to murder in more cases, and it becomes this judgment call where Thanos becomes the one who gets to decide who lives or dies, and then he just sets the standard that, well, no one's worth living because they're ungrateful for the gift of death that I've given them, you know? And so I just am interested to kind of hear your thoughts on... Uh, sort of just comics as they handle some of these heavier themes in a way that kind of acts as a modern sort of modern myth if that makes sense yeah i mean it's uh yeah i don't know it, it, it is interesting just how yeah that's more of uh a, a kind of a, a black and white like <laughs> this is you know i guess this is you know you could say this is of god and this is of the devil and there's no yeah. you know there's no there's no middle ground mm-hmm and then, yeah, as as storytelling has progressed, then then these uh, yeah characters have become, I guess you could say, more more human. You know, even if they're not actually human. Um, yeah. Where they, 
you know, they're they're definitely they're definitely bad guys, but uh, yeah, they're bad guys for a reason, I guess. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and and I found it interesting just how with uh, the um, how these different studios have decided to take villains from the comic books too, and then to you know to give them their own movie you know which is which i've 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 been interested in like i didn't see the movie but you know like venom is probably one of the most recent cases or even like you know kind of deadpool too is is it's also one of those where it's yeah where they you know in a certain sense there's these bad guys but but they're they're kind of doing good but they're they're not you know it's they yeah, I mean it's it's kind of this belief that you know they think they're doing, they're just doing bad to either prevent more bad from happening, but yeah, it just kind of gets things a little more grayer. But you do need to have that kind of balancing of this. There is a there is an ultimate good, and and you can't you can't do bad to to achieve that good. I don't know. In some in some ways. Like in 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 Endgame, they've you know, I mean, in a certain sense, in some of these Marvel movies, you kind of see how you know characters, good characters, kind of struggling with this concept of you know how how far do we go to to protect the world, and yeah, I mean, it's interesting then how. You know, in a certain sense, there's there's characters are are willing to you know sacrifice their own lives, and then but then they do end up using the the tool that destroyed everyone to kind of destroy the enemy. So right, which is uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's interesting to think about kind of the whole. I guess you can if you can think about the Tolkien and 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 the One Ring, where you have you know they go on this quest to to destroy the ring, but then there's all these people along the way who want to use it, you know, mm-hmm. saying that they, that, you know, if, if they, if they possess the ring, you know, they will do good, but then it ends up, you know, corrupting them in the end. And, uh, yeah. So I don't know. It's when you have, it's that whole allure of power, um, either the power to do good or the power to do bad. So I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> kind no, of I like kind of like what you said and then what's going off what Steve said too about like villains and you said you after you kind of posed this question like it's kind of black and white but they've kind of made it to where it becomes grayer because I'm kind of in like parish ministry right now and most of my teens like love Loki like he's Mm -hmm. like an adored character and I tell them all the time I was like okay well you know he's bad right like he's a villain and they're like no but he tries to do good and I was like no he doesn't like everything he's ever done was selfish it's like he it's just to save himself and i also like think of batman who's like my favorite comic book anything and you have like the joker versus other villains where when you know their backstory and how they're created people can sympathize with these villains uh like like mr freeze for example and they want to like feel bad and like oh if only this was different he wouldn't be a villain whereas with the joker even the villains in the comic books like think the Joker is crazy or like fear the Joker. 
um, and he's just pure evil, and we don't know necessarily where he came from. And I think they kind of did that with Thanos, where like we didn't see how that villain, like other villains leading up to this, was was created. We just had seen him in like end credits and just his intention to ruin the world, and then the snap happened, and just ultimately everyone's like, okay, I hate Thanos. Thanos needs to die. Yeah. And so I think there is this like black and white, but the gray kind of comes when we want to sympathize and like we want to like we want to like fix people or like think like there's still good in them, um, like kind of like Batman does, where he doesn't like kill any of his villains. He just kind of like puts them in an asylum. Like you can you can change. But I, I don't know. I don't know if there's like a danger to wanting to sympathize with villains or like you said, you brought up Deadpool, who is a hero sort of, but he definitely kills people. And he's, he doesn't really, you know, he's, he, you don't want to act like Deadpool in the way you uh, present yourself or talk or anything. But he is kind of a good guy. Yeah. So there's really nothing to that. But yeah, just like an interesting thing where villains can be people we want. We kind of, we kind of I don't know if there's even a connection. Do you think people can like feel connection to villains we sympathize with? I mean... You know, in a certain sense, I guess there's two ways to look at it. Like in in one way, when 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 humanizing these these villains, you know, it can kind of make you feel better about yourself. Um, yeah. You know, where you're like, okay, well, you know, I guess I'm not that bad, and you know, and and kind of confirms you, and maybe you know, if you maybe don't always make the right decision, like, well, then it's, um, I guess comforting to know that other people struggle with that um, <laughs> that's true yeah i mean in another sense i guess you could look at it where yeah i mean it's a tough line to 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 be on because from the catholic perspective you know it is true that you know we while we do make wrong choices we we do have the mercy of god and we can we can change so you know in that sense you know, it's it's true. I mean, it's, you know, there are, you know, people who do bad, who choose bad choices in the world. You know, even we do that, but we can change. So, but then, you know, I guess you could say a third way to look at it is, well, you know, you have these, these characters and, and when it comes to us wanting to, you know, idolize people or idolize characters. It can be harmful because we will, you know, we might want to become, yeah, like like Deadpool or or some some character like that, where you know we think we're doing good, but we're actually not. <laughs> yeah. So we kind of do this thing usually in the beginning, but we'll kind of do it here in the end, where we say kind of media we've been intaking lately, whether it's new music or whatever. But, yeah, we'll kind of end with this, mostly because Endgame is, I think, something we've all seen more, more recently. Uh, we can do kind of how we feel on that. But, Steve, have you been intaking any new media lately? Not since last episode, really. You know, definitely just, like I said, I recently watched Endgame, just watching a couple of those Netflix shows that I mentioned uh, last time around. But... Yeah, for the most part, uh, and then I'm, like I said, I've actually just been reading. I, I actually am started. The only thing that's kind of new is uh, the book that Clint's girlfriend gave us, uh, The Culture War. Uh, hmm. I've been sort of reading that or just getting started in that. So 
that's been that's been good. It's kind of up my alley in terms of a lot of the things that I've talked about on the podcast before. So nice. I have kind of rewatched most of the Marvel movies because someone I live with had not seen any of them and wanted to watch Endgame, so she started from the beginning and went through. So I, I kind of watched some of them here and there with her. I also have been reading. I read. Uh, it's called Jesus of Nazareth by Pope Benedict. I read that during Holy Week leading up to Easter. Um, and then, as well, uh, Avengers Endgame. There's been a lot of new music that has come out. I, like, once a new album comes out of kind of anything, I kind of, like, want to check it out. But that list would be too long. But, Phil, is there anything you've been taking at any point that's new to you? Sure. I mean, besides, besides Avengers Endgame, um, I was able to... Watch a uh, a pre screening of of the Tolkien movie, which uh, which uh, comes out today uh, in theaters. And uh, yeah, I mean it's it's uh, it's an interesting take on Tolkien, but it's it's really in the end, it's just kind of a, a snapshot. So um, yeah, it's one of those things where if if you don't know much about him, you probably would you probably would like it. Um, <laughs> If if you know a lot about him, you know it, it kind of leaves leaves you wishing that it was more. There was more. <laughs> yeah, Clint, our other host, he he's more of the inkling among the three of us, and he went and saw it last night because uh, I know he wants to do like a podcast on it. Um, and I asked him how he thought how he thought it went, and he kind of said the same thing, where he's like, it was it was okay. He's like, there's like really small details, like his wife you know, throwing sugar cubes, which I know she kind of really did, and that was, like, a nice nod. And then there's other details where you're like, what? That Not really. That's not, that doesn't happen. So, but that's kind of the, the feeling I got from the trailer, where I don't know much about him, his life, but, like, it just seemed like they were turning that story just focused on him and his wife and, like, the love story. And I was like, that's not really what I want to know about him. I want to know about, like where he got all these ideas and all this other stuff and, you know, him hanging out with C.S. Lewis. But, yeah. Uh, how'd you like Endgame? Yeah, I mean, I... Um, I really... Well, my, my biggest question for anybody, I don't know if I've asked Steve this, but how'd you, how'd you like Thor? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, going into it, I, I really didn't have any any expectations. And... It, there was, I really enjoyed the the the, the humor aspects of, of the movie. It, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was just really fun. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I did like how they ended it. Um, it kind of was very fitting for um, fitting conclusion to all of these uh, all these movies recently. Yeah, Steve, you have anything? I think uh, I think that's. It on uh, media. Um, you have anything else? Uh, just do you want to? Yeah, otherwise, no, we can. Yeah, no, we can just probably move into uh, into either shoutouts or um, or a challenge. Oh yeah, thanks for reminding me. I totally forgot about that. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Phil, no pressure here. Uh, something else we kind of do at the end of like an episode is kind of based on the conversation we've been having challenge our listeners for the week. So I don't know if you have anything otherwise um, I kind of 
think I do. Do you have anything you, that you think of that you might want? Like, it could be like a small, whether it's prayerful or anything, kind of a challenge based on the conversation. Um, I, I guess nothing immediately comes to mind, so. That's okay. I was thinking kind of more of the end where we're talking about villains and, and, and saints um, and kind of like the characters that are portrayed in comic books that kind of our listeners could reflect this week, whether they want to go watch a movie or what, but kind of reflect on who the characters are, especially if you think about the Marvel movies, if that's like easier for people that they, they don't really read comic books, but they, they watch them like realizing that Iron Man is, is Tony Stark um, and realizing that they're just regular people. And then kind of think about and pray with maybe the, the, the saints, whether they want to pick a saint um, or if, if, if you, if you want to have, if you have a favorite saint kind of find that and kind of realize that like, you know, don't take away the saint title necessarily, but realize that it's just a regular person too. So having yourself reflect on that this week and just realize like you easily are that same ordinary person. Cool. Okay. I'm just going to shout out Sarah because honestly I had not heard about Voyage Comics and she's the one that like kind of shot us a text so like, hey, you guys should check this out. They're, they're doing like the Catholic thing or the Christian thing that you guys are into. And I was like, cool. Um, and then I want to shout out Gina because I was just home in Georgia. That's where I'm from originally. And she's just someone I knew from church that didn't know listen to this podcast. And she was like, hey, I've been listening. So shout out to both of them. And then Phil, just to end this, where can people find you? Really quickly before that, sorry, I actually do have a shout out. I wanted to shout out that Ty, who is uh, one of our new patrons. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Thank so. you. Sorry, Phil. Go ahead. No problem. Yeah. So yeah, if you uh, yeah want to learn more, it's just voyagecomics.com. And and recently this past week, our yeah our Joan of our Kickstarter actually ended, but it was so um, you can still uh, pre-order that comic book uh, on our website. Um, nice. And uh, yeah, otherwise yeah, at org, uh, you can kind of see articles there. Cool. Well, thank you so much for taking your time to do this. And I really appreciate what you're doing. Um, I haven't had the chance to, like, uh, get a copy of, of, like, Finian or anything, but I really look forward to a lot of the comic books that are coming out, and I do want to read that. So thank you once again for just taking your time to be on this podcast, as well as just doing what you're doing, because I think it's awesome, and mostly because I'm obsessed with comic books. But, <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. Have a good day. And, uh, yeah, thank you again. Bye. Bye. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. It was awesome to have Phil on and... I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. Me and Steve have a lot we want to say opposed to Endgame. Uh, we're not afraid to spoil it. Uh, probably in the bottom details, we've probably put uh, there's spoilers in this episode already. Phil might have mentioned some things, but yeah. Endgame hot takes. Steve, go. Yeah, so I thought it was really interesting. So Tony Stark's character, I think this, I think, you know, a lot of people were mad at his death or upset about it, which I understand. But 
in terms of his character arc, I thought this was the best sort of way for him to go. From Age of Ultron, his biggest fear was that dream, sort of that prophetic dream that he had, that he survived and everyone else died and he had no way to stop them. That's kind of what started uh, where, uh, Age of Ultron. That's where he built Ultron and Civil War. That's why the Sokovia Accords existed. And so when I see his character arc, the ability for him to be able to bring everybody back and sort of in a very Christ-like way sacrifice himself for others, I thought was kind of the the perfect send-off to the way that his character had been built over the past several movies. Um, what do you think about that? Uh, I loved it, one, yeah, because I expected it. I called it. It's what I wanted to happen. Also, I think as far as like what we do on the show, um, I, I kind of used t- uh, Iron Man in my talk with the teens yesterday or two days ago in a conversation or like a talk I was doing where since since Iron Man 3, did that come out before Ultron? It did, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. Since Iron Man 3, you know, that's kind of when him and Pepper were like a thing now. Like Pepper was no longer... Secretary? She, secretary? I'll edit that out. Um, yeah, she served him, and now they're, like, together. He wanted to stop being Iron Man. Like, he's had this – he's been wrestling with, like, I want to just be Tony, and I just want to be with you. And we see that in Endgame in, like, the the majority of the movie or the beginning, you know. And so I kind of, you know, put it for the kids. Like, Iron Man is what, like – when, when we wrestle with our identity and who we are, um, or if, and just in culture, people like wrestling with like what a person is, it's Tony Stark, not Iron Man. So Iron Man is this other thing that someone wrestles with. And he was restless, you know? And so it he wrestled with it so much. I mean, there was good that he was doing with being Iron Man. It was a suit of armor. Um, but he wrestled with it so much, it ended up killing him. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I, like, there's something to that. But I, yeah, I loved it, and I'm, I'm, I'm really happy. And like, I, like, just the whole idea that, like, like I said, he was just he didn't want to be Iron Man, but he couldn't sleep if he wasn't, and he had to be Iron Man to to the end. Yeah, no, I think that that's true. I think that his character really develops when his daughter is born, in yeah. a lot of ways, to where you know when he finally signs on to be like, all right, let's go try to fix this. Let's try to bring back all those who've died. He even mentions, like, that's my non-negotiable. Like, my daughter, like, whatever we do, if we change the path, like, whatever it is that happens, like, I'm not giving up my daughter. You mm-hmm. know, like, she has to exist. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that was, was really unique. Um, kind of to go more into also the Thanos uh, consequentialism, because I kind of briefly mentioned on it, but... I really did think that that was the fulfillment because, you know, he was even willing to bombard his own people and kind of even wipe out his own army to achieve what he wanted to achieve. Which, like when he was dropping the bombs in the sky? Yeah, like, yeah, he wanted to, like, drop the bombs on his own army until Captain Marvel came in and, and wrecked his ship. But <laughs> um, but he was willing to, to kill everyone, including his own men. Um and I think once you start to accept, you know, as a culture, we, we see it. Once you start to accept that some people deserve to die, 
um, then that very quickly becomes that, well, no one really truly deserves to live. And then it becomes our judgment call. And so when you have power, or you know, the strongest, you know, and you saw it in Nazi Germany, you saw it with Thanos is, well, I get to decide who lives or dies, and I have the power to decide that. Um, And you see that Thanos has gone to the point where he's like, well, no one's deserving because, look, I wiped out half of you and I left half of you to live and you're ungrateful. And it's, uh, yeah, you know, it just, it's this, this slippery slope that, um, you know, I think what was so, I think for the culture was so enchanting with Thanos and infinity war is that he believed in this sort of consequentialism idea that we already believe in, you know, in a, in a society that accepts abortion and euthanasia in, in ways that we do, Thanos of Infinity War kind of fits in with what's already been accepted by a lot of the culture, but people haven't accepted the Thanos of Endgame. Because the Thanos of Endgame is this scary realization that it's the same Thanos as Infinity War. He's just no longer making these like arbitrary distinctions. Like He's following through on his ethic, and I think that that's really powerful. And I think it's a great warning sign, and that's what I was trying to get into with Phil, is that it really shows us like this, the horror or the um, kind of warns us against that, that train of thought. That's something I forgot to mention in the Infinity War podcast, but I thought was such a great line was when Captain America says, we don't trade lives. And I think like that's kind of more important that you know, what you end up losing, um, and I thought what Endgame really showed, when you end up losing with consequentialism or this utilitarian idea is the individual, is actual individuals or any sort of care for individuals, because you just, you have to make a decision of, okay, well, what individual life, life is more important instead of being like, all life is important, and let's figure that out. Um, anyway, so that's my hot take. No, I, I agree, because uh, I know you kind of, like you view Thanos and in light of the culture of death. Um, and I think it could be with any sin, but like when you, when we specifically look at like abortion right now, the fact that it's like, okay, uh, you can, uh, you can abort a, a child after this long. And then, you know, there's this, there's this debate between people where it's like, well, I want, I want more versus people like, well, that shouldn't even exist at all. And that's that scene where where Thanos is like, you know, I left half of you, and all you've been doing since then is just worrying about how to get the other half back rather than just living. And so I'm going to get take away all of you. And so it's like this, you know, it's, you can do it after so long. And people are like, no, but I want more. And so now we see like some in some states you can do it like at birth. And then like yeah. what's like like you said, like what's next? What's it's it's scary to see the Thanos of Endgame because it's like what is the end game of these terrible things? Um, yeah, yeah, and it, it's so interesting, you know, to see some of these modern ethicists. For instance, like Peter Singer or um, Margaret Sanger, who started Planned Parenthood, um, and sort of like their idea of ethics, right? Peter Singer is um, sort of the modern ethicist that a lot of people follow that talks about, he's kind of the, the, the big proponent of uh, there are, there are human persons and then human non-persons, and he makes that distinction. And that's like the distinction that a lot of people sort of end up following, um, especially in like a post-relativistic society. Uh, but it's so funny to like, not funny, but like almost scary, but ironic to read that no one has ever accepted that like 
until modern sort of America um, and sort of modern thing, nobody ever argued for the sort of things that they argued except for Nazi Germany. And so it's it's just weird to see that as the, the thing that people want to accept, knowing full well where it ultimately leads. Just, you know, the idea of these judgment calls. But uh, I don't want to spend too much time on, on that topic because uh, I think we're just beating a dead horse. But, <laughs> yeah. um, what about Captain... So I thought Captain America was great in this movie, too. Uh, what do you think about worthy Captain America in light of uh, Civil War? In light of Civil War? That's an interesting question. Um, so I think... So it's funny because Iron Man is my favorite yeah. of the MCU and so I've always been team Iron Man even yeah. during even during Civil War however me and Lizzie have had this conversation where it's like what made what made uh, Captain America worthy um, and I, I think it is Civil War like Civil War yeah. on, and the movies afterwards is what is what caused him to be worthy because in Age of Ultron you see him you see everybody trying and we see he has the strength to to lift it, but still not the, not necessarily the worth. Um, and then in Civil War is when there's this pivotal like moment where you have to make a decision, and he still stays true to himself and this cause and everything to the end. Um, and I think that's what I think that's what makes him worthy, and I think it makes perfect sense. Um, yeah. There's also. I'll uh, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. What were you gonna say? Oh, so there's also a theory someone told me. It might have been Lizzie, where like maybe he wasn't able to lift it before because they were just trying to lift it for fun, rather than like a need and a worth to 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 lift it in the end. Yeah, he was able to almost like he he budged it barely, right? And I think there was like something because he is like a very worthy kind of guy in terms of like he is such a a, um, a moral person. But yeah. No, the reason I asked it the way I asked is kind of in that exactly how you answered it. It was a very leading question on my part. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I was kind of hoping you'd get at, was I thought I was very team Captain Captain America um, in Civil War, just in regards to the fact that the whole, you know, Sokovia Accords with, because what I thought was interesting with Civil War, and, uh, and I'll kind of take this, and it'll be a little bit of an offshoot, but I think kind of goes into it. What was interesting about Civil War is it was this sort of like intervention of uh, a bunch of governments to say, okay, well, these are um, things that you as a superhero have to follow that there's some sort of accountability for you. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. But what I think is was an interesting sort of take is that it ended up sort of trampling individuals in a lot of ways, specifically Bucky Barnes or the Winter Soldier, where it's like, well, he has to be brought in because he's a criminal or he's done these things. And Steve knew that he was, that, you know, trusted his friend, like trusted that this wasn't true. It was almost like a guilty until proven innocent scenario. And Captain America, like you said, stayed true and, and, and really defended a man that had no allies if it weren't yeah. for cap you know yeah. and he, he eventually stopped this sort of like trumping of an individual's right just because of sort of the mass hysteria or or this trickery or this deception and i thought like that was the moment where he was willing to give up everything to really save somebody 
and and to be truly just and to do the right thing even though no one else agreed with him. It was just this whole idea of, you know, kind of to quote Fulton Sheen, you know, right is right regard like even if everyone else disagrees with it and wrong is wrong even if everyone agrees with it. You know, kind of uh, to paraphrase that. I also think I didn't think about this until just now, but I also think another thing it plays into Mm-hmm. Captain America's like ability to wield the hammer is uh, is Thor's situation. Yeah, like Thor was not unworthy in the movie, but he kind of since Ultron had like had hope that Captain America could do this thing because you hear in the movie he's like, "I knew it!" Like he was really excited. Yeah, um, and in this movie. I think Thor really needed someone else to also be able to wield. Like he, he was in such despair and he was in such anger and he was in such like a place where he felt like he shouldn't be worthy that he was almost willing to pass that torch. And when it happened, it just like, you could tell he was a different person and more willing to like fight alongside cap in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and that's the thing too is, you know, Thor's character, I mean, it's gotten a lot more comedic, but Thor's character has always been one of great sort of justice. He's always been a truly sort of just character. And I think that of the other characters, Captain America is the other truly just one, you know? Yeah. That um, that both of them have noble presence that, you know, I think that Tony really wants to do the right thing. and I think he's great. And trust me, I love Tony Stark. But I think that Tony is much more pragmatic, whereas Thor and Captain America are sort of these ideal, sort of noble supermen, you know? Cool. Well, anything else? Otherwise, we probably need to wrap it up. Yeah, we'll probably wrap it up um, if we need to ever, if there's anything else. But I think those are sort of the main themes. There was a lot of themes there's a lot in of that themes. movie. Yeah. Um, I mean- yeah, we could go all day and have another two podcasts on this, but we'll spare you. Just go watch the movie. Um, and actually, I think it would be an interesting sub challenge to have you guys reach out to us with different themes that you caught in the movie. Yeah. Um, instead of just us sort of talking about it to you, um, we'd love to hear what you guys saw because we're just touching on a couple big themes that we saw. Um, but there are. A lot, so a lot a, more. It, it um, goes in. It's it's the finalization of like everyone's story, and so yeah. each character line has its own theme as well as the mm-hmm. overarching story. So yeah. yeah. So so actually, yeah, I would be interested to hear what all of you as the listeners have to say about it. Um, and so kind of to wrap up uh, again, um, please check us out on our website, thechristinculture.com. Uh, you can find us on social media, which is is below in the description. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, we would love to hear from y'all. And if you guys like what you hear here, uh, we would really encourage you, uh, like our new patron, Ty. Uh, yes, thank to, you, Ty. To consider uh, supporting us on Patreon. Patreon? Uh, can't speak. Uh, <laughs> to, consider <laughs> to consider supporting us on Patreon. You know, Real this, gift rewards for different tiers for like ten dollars a month like uh kenzie and and ty you'll get a sticker you'll get prayerful reflections monthly you'll get a phone call from one of us there's more rewards as the as you go up 
We also have mentioned on previous podcasts that the first five patrons will get their own episode of where uh, we will record a topic of their choice um, and send it just to them. It won't be published. No one else can hear it. It's for you. So Ty will be getting that. Kinsey's already in the works with that. So there's three more. Um, yeah. And we are, you know, we don't make money off of this. It's yeah. just right now if we have if we got two more patrons. Uh, we would break even with the cost we've put into this podcast. And then the patrons on top of that, we would just be able to buy better equipment um, and just make this episode the best version of itself for you guys. It, none yeah. of it goes into our own pocket. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like I said, it, or like Gordon said, it's this is something that we've kind of put a lot of money up into up front. Um, so this helps recover some of those costs as none of us are particularly wealthy individuals, and also this helps um, to be able to get better equipment so that we do have better quality recordings, especially as we're bringing on more and more special guests like we did today, and they're calling in that we actually have the ability to have uh, quality sound recordings for them um, so that we can give a better product to you guys uh, and that you guys can kind of listen and get kind of swept up in, in it and hopefully be feel like you're a part of the conversation without technical difficulties aside. Cool. Anything else? That's it. Thanks, guys, for joining us on the adventure. See you next time.